This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It's the Dort Podcast. It's the Dort Podcast. Rich Keith. It's the Dort Podcast. Hashtag. It's the Hashtag Dort Podcast. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Hashtag Dork. My name is Rich Keith, joined as always by Ryan Davey. Davey, how are you? Hey, what's up, guy? Oh, there he is. Here I am. He's ready to, he's ready to rock and roll. He's, am he's, I? He's having a nice time. Uh, I've been uh, checking out the Twitch streams recently, Ryan. You've been really, uh, you know, kicking it up a notch there, I would say. We like cranking it up a little yeah. bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think, you know, as the stream grows, so should I. You oh, know what I, I mean? like so that. We were, yes. We are up consistently. We range from about 12 to 20 people on average. So we're get, the average is getting up there. So we got, we're, doing, we got we're moving room. in the right direction. And there's plenty of room for growth there. There's Plenty wait. of room. Oh, plenty of room for growth. <laughs> plenty of room for growth. Uh, that's good stuff. Let's get to the, uh, the news of the week. Well, Ryan, we saw a brand new trailer for Venom today. It was like Woo! over three minutes long, and Hachi Machi is right. That was quite a trailer. That was quite a trailer. I, you know, I was on the fence about this, but you and I discussed it before. Like, if Tom Hardy and Michelle Williams are signing on for this, like they don't, ha- they can turn down scripts. Yes. So there was so not a lot, lot of Michelle Williams in this. It was all Tom Hardy and a lot of Venom. Oh yeah, which is great. Which is great. So, you know, that's, that's what you want to see out of that trailer, especially. Yeah, I was you know, wondering so, if they uh, were, because the very first trailer they showed, it was like just at the very end. So I was wondering if it was going to be more of a movie reveal. But I think what they decided was, you know what, this, this preview or this trailer is not for the comic book dork out there. This, it's not for you or me, Ryan. It's not, for, it's not even for our listeners. It's for people that might have no idea what the hell they're getting into. So they want to show them like, hey, are, you might be interested in this because it looks pretty crazy. Yeah, and not only that, but like you got you got some glimpses. So there's yeah. one I forget. Uh, Rizamed is the, who's playing the the bad guy. Yeah, who's like the nameless bad guy or whatever. He's having this like intimate moment with some guy in like this glass cell. Yeah, could that be Carnage? Maybe. Yes, I think so. I think there's some uh, there was some scuttlebutt that Carnage is in this film. I don't know if it's been confirmed or not. Maybe it has, but I think Carnage is going to be in there, and that's exciting. 
Well, you saw, I think it, it might not have been, I don't think it was Carnage. I don't even think it was Venom, but like one of the symbiotes with like, he had like the two axes. Was yeah. Like going at the, that so, nice. I mean, this is, and I like the fact that, you know, like it's, it shows the relationship between Eddie Brock and like this alien thing. Where yeah. They're like talking to each other. Yeah, that's pretty good. It's gonna be very nice. I was very, I'm very excited about it now. What do you think of Tom Hardy's uh, voice choice? He does so. Eddie Brock obviously is from New York. Yeah. Uh, have you ever seen the movie? What movie was it? Um, he was mm. in a movie. Pan's uh, Labyrinth. James Gand. No. <laughs> uh, he was in a movie with James Gandolfini called The Drop. Did you see no, The Drop? No, I've not seen The Drop. Oh, the drop's awesome. But okay. he plays like this kind of, it's kind of the same character where he's kind of like, he pretends to be kind of dopey. Yeah, like okay. Like a New York guy, yeah, but he's so it's not. like a similar kind of, because I've, yeah. he, I've heard he tries to do a different voice in every movie. Well, yeah, I mean, I this one's true. a little bit different. Yeah, I'm sure. you've got to figure, he's kind of like a tougher, Yeah. because when Eddie Brock and Peter Parker meet, like Eddie Brock's kind of like this, you know, hot shit. Yeah. You know, and Peter Parker isn't, and he's constantly like bullying him a little bit, so... I mean, I can Eddie, see that Eddie, dynamic working very well. Eddie Brock is always going to be Topher Grace to me. I mean, that was no, he's not. the perfect not choice. The perfect no, they've recast. That's the shame. Yeah, that is, can you imagine if this movie was with Topher Grace instead? Oh. The other thing. Oh, sorry. The last thing I'll say about this. I like the fact that remember you saw like Venom and he's like picking the guy up, so you don't really see like how big he is. Yeah. Oh, he's pretty big he's though. Massive. He's enormous. Yeah. He's a big yeah. ass dude. Yeah. Which is good. It's exciting. Speaking uh, of Topher Grace. Ryan, I don't know if you saw Mission Impossible Fallout came out this weekend. Number one movie at the box office and currently rocking a 97% on Rotten Tomatoes. Is this, I know you haven't seen it yet, but is it the greatest movie of all time? It better be if we're yeah. going to win this movie draft. I know. It was, it was a nice pick. They didn't, they, people were, were down on Mission Impossible, I said. And to be honest, this, is, this might be a podcast first, but I'm going to say I was wrong about this one. Yes. You know what? And we maybe you shouldn't have been because if you look at the Mission Impossible tomato scores, mm-hmm. there's been six of them. The first three were not great, and then the last three have all gotten really, really good critical reviews. Which is funny because I don't know if it was like you or Mac were like, <clears throat> you look at it, and two was like a huge dip. Like one was like, Mission Impossible one was like 70-ish. Yeah, it was somewhere like... And then like, two was like in the 30s, and one of you or Mac either went like, well, two's my favorite. I love two. No, me, I do. I love it. I love two. Like a, it's John Woo. That's a John Woo movie. John Woo. Oh. It, it was great. I, I, I love two. And then the girl, uh, what's her name, who's in Westworld? Who's Sandy like, Newton. Yeah. So she's in that. And she is, yeah. that is, she is, wow. Okay. That was one of her first movies, too. And she's never looked better. She's never no. looked better than that. And that movie was not, like the scene, it was just over the top. I mean, I also like the movie Bad Boys, too. So just to put it in perspective, yes, what kind of movies I like. Uh, but Mission Impossible apparently is doing really, really well. Uh, there was some Star Wars casting news. Looks like they're bringing all the old heads back. Even some of yeah, them are, are no longer with us. As Carrie Fisher will be in the film, as will Mark Hamill and Billy well, D. Williams for Episode Nine. Well, this is great. I mean, the way they're handling the Carrie Fisher thing, I think, is the best way to do it. So I guess they had some unused footage from um, The Last Jedi. Or Force Awakens, they're using used unused footage of her. So how good would it be? Footage. How good would the footage be if she was like, "I'm gonna go have my words with Snoke," and you're like, "Snoke's dead." Snoke's dead. <laughs> it's yeah. like all old stuff. She's like, "I can't wait um, to see Han again." You're like, no, 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 Han. Like, you, you, and they play like the yeah. No, I think there's gonna be there has to be some creative editing, but I you didn't want to so. see her back in the movie digitized. You didn't want to see. 
kind of like the ghost of Carrie Fisher, kind of like walking. No, around. I don't like that it, CGI. It, so it's going to be actually her, which is the the perfect way to do it. I think it's a great way to kind of honor her and you know bring an end to the Skywalker legacy because this yeah. is, they're supposed to be done after this one. Well, let's hope. I think it's. Let's I think I think time is up. Hope. Let's last hope. I like what you did there. Or new hope. I just I love the whole idea of her having <laughs> stuff that was filmed earlier that doesn't make sense anymore. She's yeah. Like, yeah. I'll, I'll, I got dinner plans <laughs> with Adam Lackbar. Like I'll I'll meet up with you in a minute. And like oh. Well, it'd be great if Ackbar's they cut to dead. like another character and they're like, "Wait, what?" And they just like keep going. <laughs> just, just keep it's like it's clearly from another scene. Like we saw yeah. that same scene in, in Last Jedi. What are you doing? So yeah. that's that's that. We watch talk- out for Jabba the Hutt. I'm like, <laughs> wait, what? Oh no, <laughs> oh, no. Boy. We Keep talked going. on uh, on the Twitch stream, Twitch.tv/slash/RvonD. There were some rumors about the Fox Disney merger, and I don't know if they've officially scrapped. New Mutants and Dark Phoenix just yet. But here's my idea, is if mm-hmm. they want to start fresh and they say, you know what, we don't want to release this, they still made these goddamn movies. They still spent a lot of money. Yeah. And couldn't you sell them to Netflix? Because I feel like if if you say they're so bad, I feel like there's a little bit of intrigue there. <laughs> like, that, if, Well, that's it. Like, And look at it, I, the, like the Geely effect. Remember when Geely yeah. came out with Ben yeah. Affleck and... Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez, and people right. are like, oh, it's awful. And then people wanted to see it. Like, so yeah, i got to take a look at this. It doesn't have to be this whole wide release. I'd say keep the movie, but like you said, give it to HBO or give it yeah. to Netflix or give it to Hulu or whoever. You know, like if, if, both of those, if both of those movies were on Netflix, I would, I would watch them for sure. Yeah. You know? Amazon's got money to burn. Yeah, give it to please. Them. Give it to them. Just give it to them for God's sakes. Yeah. Uh, AMC had a couple announcements. Better Call Saul which season four is on its way. It's already been picked up for a season five, and so has Fear the Walking Dead. So the spinoff show is now going to go in its fifth season. I think season four is coming up uh, next week. Uh, I'm oh, excited for Stall because they're going to yeah. start backing up into Oh, Walking they're going to be right? all over it. They're going to be all over it. I mean, not Walking Dead. Uh, Breaking Bad. Uh, Breaking Bad, yeah. sorry, yeah. Uh, speaking of uh, like the poor man's Breaking Bad, that would be Ozark. Season two trailer just came out on Netflix. Did you end up watching season one? I, I not yet. It's not bad. It's not oh, yeah. bad. Like I think the the worst thing you can do though is, is compare it to Breaking Bad because it is it is not. But Jason Bateman, he's good, so I liked it. Uh, Iron yeah. Fist season two is apparently only going to be ten episodes. Ryan, good. Seems like good. ten too many. <laughs> I'm going to say this right now: as good as Daredevil is, that should be ten episodes. Yeah, I you got to figure they all should be. They're yeah. they're fourteen episodes. Yeah. They just cut four hours of story. No, no, no thirteen four hours of fluff. No, thirteen. Out of that. There's thirteen episodes. Whatever. Yeah. So, yeah. but still, three hours of your time. That's yes, three that's hours. A, man. That's a Lord of the Rings film. Seriously. And it's on a bit of a down that. note here, Ryan, uh, two early picks of the pod here: Nikolai Volkov and Grandmaster Sexay. Too bad. And we just saw Nikolai Volkov. Was he at he one was of the cons? at Comic Con? Was he really? Yeah. Oh boy. That's we gotta stop going. The, and uh, a week like after flies. we saw, yeah. week after we saw, uh, what's his name, Adam West, he died. Yeah, dead. So and, we gotta stop going to these cons, man. We're killing people. And Ron Perlman. No, no, he's still alive. No, he's not. He's still alive. Tony no, Cat- it's dead. Tony you know Catane, it's though, it's his bar tab. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Is Tony Catane still alive? Oh, barely. Just barely. It's time for Davey's video game minute. Even if it takes more than a minute. All right, Ryan, here we go. 
So I, um, I've been poking around, you know, Mammoth Gamers, looking for news. We're, t- we're talking about all the news and notes that are coming and all that stuff. And one of the things that's pretty interesting to me, Marvel, Marvel Games has pulled Ultimate Alliance 1 and 2 from all, like, stream, game streaming services. Huh. They've pulled it completely from the market, which tells me, remember Rocksteady was supposed to be working, or somebody was supposed to be working on, like, this Marvel game? I thought it was another like some- DC game. No, so yes, yeah, so they're working on another DC game, but somebody I forget who it was oh, okay. is working oh, on yeah. a secret a secret Marvel video game project, and it's been rumored that it's an Avengers game. Okay, so this kind of lends itself to that, like maybe it is because they're pulling the Ultimate Alliance games off shelves. So that's a Literally. pretty good question. If if you but obviously Spider Man's coming out in another couple of months, and that's probably would have been your answer anyway. But if you could have a really good video game for a marvel character who would you think would be the best well we've tried hulk, the hulk some of the hulk games are actually playable so i don't mind yeah. a hulk game what about a wolverine um, game any marvel character what about wolverine <sighs> like a wolverine they've tried that like some of those games are pretty yeah. good they've done that so i would i would want something that i haven't played spider-man is obviously going to be the best well silver yeah. surfer uh have you played the silver surfer nes game no i have not unplayable no, I know, but I'm saying, but if you have like Rocksteady behind it or something like that, they forget about what the old games were. Like, what what could they do with something new? Oh, like a Daredevil game would be kick-ass. That's true. Daredevil would be good. Yeah, yeah, I'd that'd pl- be awesome. Or like a or Punisher? like a Defenders game where you go where you like, or make no, it Daredevil Punisher. and Punisher. then have like DLC. Yeah, DLC, and you could have like all the Defenders. But Punisher, yeah. you could just turn it into Punisher. Would basically, just be Gears of War. <laughs> basically, yeah. All right. Um, so what else we got? So uh, looking at the upcoming games this month, there's some pretty good games coming out. August is typically a slow month mm-hmm. uh, for video games. So you're going to have Madden. You know, Madden is like your big one, and that's coming out next week. I think yeah. it's coming out the 7th. Um, just looking at it right here. The, the game that I'm really excited about this month is, I mentioned it before in the podcast, uh, Fire Pro Wrestling is actually coming to, um, it's coming to PlayStation. Nice. So... It's, and it looks like, I don't know if you've looked at it, it looks like the old WrestleMania games we used to play. That's pretty good. That's a good time. So we, can, we might have to jump on that. I think so. Um, yeah. And the other thing, and I mentioned this to somebody on Twitter, and I know you're on board, but we're going to make it official now. By the end of the summer, where you and I are going to set a date where you and I do our old school 100 matches, head-to-head, mano-a-mano, Tekken duels. How do we do that? We just play online, and, you and, and I'll stream it. Tekken three? How the hell are we gonna get that? You can well, you can get Tekken seven. It's fine. Oh, okay. Play any Tekken? Any Tekken? Okay. All right. You know, we'll get we'll get yeah, the but, cheapest Tekken we can find. But <clears throat> all right, it's not even an excuse. It's just more the reality of the situation. The best character I've ever been at with Tekken is a Tekken three exclusive. It's gone. Well, you're not playing as Gone. Gone was the man. Yeah, Gone was the man because it was odd job basically. Not really. Well, then how come nobody else could play well with him? Answer me that. <laughs> because no one wanted to play well. Well, they couldn't, though. They could. I made the general gasp while we were playing against him. Gasp. You, you made him what? Gasp. Gasp? He gasped. <laughs> well, you almost beat him, and then you didn't. I did so. a move. I did a move with him. Yeah, but I took a, I took down most of the other team. And so I, you, you spun the tail like a lunatic. They're having a hard yep. time blocking that. And then you go into a fireball uppercut punch. And that's unblockable, and he'd never seen it before. And this guy basically invented the game. I know. Well, that, that's the thing, is that the only person I could play with you against um, with Gone was Eddie Gordo because he has a, gr- he a, a great kicks. set of low moves. Yeah. And 
you would say that I was button mashing and cheating. And when, then I would then I would fart on you while you were doing it. Then you would your, fart on me. Yeah. yeah. And then, then right into um, the pecs. The only other game I, is, that I would say is going to be mentioned now, there's a game that's coming out across all platforms called We Happy Few, which I'm kind of excited about. Okay. Uh, it, it's a survival horror game set in the 60s in London. Um, and a very different outcome from World War II, so the world is a bit different. Um, people wear masks to conceal their real faces, so everyone looks happy all the time. Mm. Uh, the artwork but in this game not. looks really cool. The premise seems really interesting, so that's probably going to be something I'm picking up. I like it. But that'll, that'll do it, and we can, get on to the, we can get on to the get on here. Do you want the topic du jour, Ryan? Yeah, oh. let's do this. Oh, it's the topic of the day. It's yeah. uh, M. Night Shyamalan Movies. We talked a lot last week about the Glass trailer. That movie comes out in 2019, in January, so just around the corner, you're going to get Glass. And M. Night Shyamalan, what a career he has had. I w- without doing a lot of research on it, I would say mm-hmm. there's very few directors in the world that have the highs and lows of him. There are certainly some directors that have higher highs. There might be some directors that have lower lows, which I don't even know if that's true. And then, But the gap there... It's staggering when you look at some of yeah. these movies. Like, how do you have stuff in the '90s and then stuff in like the single digits? Just trash, trash movies. So we're really going to highlight the movies that M. Night Shyamalan has written and directed. So, fun facts: he was the writer, sort of an uncredited writer of the movie "She's All That" in 1999. Which is, which is uh, you wrote that? And I'm like, I had to look at it. I'm like, yeah, that's not there's true. no way that's right. And so he doesn't yeah. get credit. And then I guess it's mixed, like. One said he just sort of like cleaned up the script, and then he did an interview later on where I think he said he wrote all of it, and then the guy who got credited for it said like that's not really true. So who the hell knows? But he did have something to do with She's All That, which is ridiculous. Also, the premise, and I know they did a great job making fun of it in Not Another Teen Movie, which is a pretty good parody movie, by the way, starring uh, Chris Evans, the guy from uh, Fantastic Four, Rise of the Silver Surfer. It's pretty funny, but the whole idea of She's All That, where there's like they find a girl who is very clearly already attractive. She just is yep. like wearing glasses. Like the real treat would have been find the fattest girl in the in the in the whole school and be like, there you go, there's your date, figure it out. And I don't want to fat shame Ryan. I'm just saying there's more of a challenge in that. It's more, yeah. I, I mean, but you know, what's beauty, Rich? And that's what we're inside, that's what we're, that movie's about on the inside. No doubt. Well, she was also very beautiful on the outside, as it turns out. Oh my out. God! Yeah, uh, Rachel Lee, late late nineties, Rachel Lee Cook could yeah. get it, bringing bringing high heat. Oh, high! And when they remember when you took her to like the beach party, and then you were like, oh, oh, oh nurse, seventeen, eighteen year old me was like, and I can get down with that. I could definitely get down with that. He also wrote a little film called Stuart Little. Yeah. I don't know. And uh, <laughs> more sure. recently, in 2010, I've not seen this yet. I heard it's good, although a slow burn. That would be the film Devil. He uh, wrote it, but he did not direct it for whatever reason. Yeah, and reason. this is the one that like, takes place solely in an elevator, and like yeah. one of them is the devil. Yep. And the, the, you know, yeah, you've pinpointed like, it. Like, how, much, how much do I want to watch a movie about someone, getting, or a group of people stuck in an elevator, you know? I uh, hear you. So I already saw a phone booth, and I, I didn't like that. that well, the one thing I liked about phone booth is it was like 45 minutes long. <laughs> it was yeah. the shortest movie ever put on screen. Uh, so here's the deal. We're going to go in order of the movies that he made. He made. He wrote and directed a total of 12. The first one I did not see. I'm assuming nobody has seen. In fact, it's not even rated on Rotten Tomatoes. It's called Praying with Anger. came out in 1992. It's about an alienated, Americanized teenager of East Indian heritage is sent back to India where he discovers not only his roots, but a lot about himself. So the movie, as you can imagine, also stars 
M. Night Shyamalan, who is not a great actor. Yeah, so pass on that. I never saw that. Skip that Where one. do I want to? The next movie is not the one you're thinking of. This next movie came out in 1998 called Wide Awake. 40% critic score, 67% by the audience. A 10-year-old boy goes on a search for God after his grandfather dies. Did not see that yep. one either. Did not see that. Off to I'm a bit of a didn't, tough start. I don't have to talk about it. Nope, we're not going to talk about that. So yeah. now let's get into the 10 movies that people probably have seen. And I think this one, a lot of people sort of associate with his debut film. But as we just pointed out, not the case. But this is the first one where he got a lot of success. Maybe his best movie. We'll get into that debate here. But that would be The Sixth Sense, 1999's. Uh, 85% critics, 90% audience, both kind of low, to be honest, in, in my mind. Uh, a boy who communicates with spirits seeks the help of a disheartened child psychiatrist, psychologist. Uh, Oscar nominations for Best Director and Best Original Screenplay. Didn't win either, but he was nominated for both his only Oscar nominations. But, Ryan, this is the one that clearly put him on the map. People still talk about it, the, the ending, one of the best endings probably in, in film history. And kind of set him up, and I say this, I say this with, with care, obviously, but kind of set him up for failure down the road because, you know, everyone's expo- – you still – kids who are teenagers know what a Shyamalan twist is. Correct. You know, and yep. that's – and what I find the most remarkable thing about this movie, and this was made 20 years ago? Yeah.-ish? Yep. Is that if you say to anybody, I see dead people, they know what you're talking about. Right. Pretty amazing. Like, it is, yeah. it is still culturally relevant 20 years later. It's incredible, and we've talked about child stars or child actors before, and Haley Joel Osment was great. He's worked with other ones who are uh, the opposite of great that we'll get to later, but uh, he was really good. Tony Collette was awesome. Bruce Willis was fantastic. The movie, and what's great about this is there there are a lot of like imitation movies after this that came out where... Mm-hmm. It, it, you're like, oh, like it had a good ending, like it had a fun kind of twist ending, but they were they kind of became predictable. But not only that, but a lot of times the movie itself was not very good, and then yeah. the ending, you're like, oh, at least it, at least it ended cool. Oh, whatever. Whereas yeah. even if the ending didn't happen, I dare say the Sixth Sense would still be a pretty good movie. Now I know you needed that, and that like made it what it was. But the whole like leading up to it, you weren't like, well, this was a waste of ninety minutes until the end, right? Like the the ninety minutes that you saw was still pretty damn good. But what was so clever about it was that, like, and are we into spoilers? If you haven't seen oh, this good movie, call. like, yeah, good call. So I say, I wasn't gonna, I, I wasn't gonna spoil the last movie, Split, because it came out oh, only oh, a couple yeah, years ago. Spoil, we no, won't spoil that. Yeah, no, but you know what? If you watch the trailer for Glass, you it's basically spoiled for you. So yeah, I say yeah, loose spoilers on on all of these, all every M Night movie. So if, if we're gonna go in order, so if you haven't seen one and you want to go back, just skip ahead a little bit. But yeah, spoil, so one spoil of the things away. that. One of the things that makes Fight Club really good, and I know this is going somewhere, trust me. What yep. makes Fight Club really good is you watch it through once, and you're like, whoa, that's weird. And then you watch it through again, and you pick up on all the things that he you like, yeah. have clued you in beforehand. You can do that with The Sixth Sense. Oh, my God, like, There yeah. are moments where like Bruce Willis is seemingly interacting with other people. Well, there's some, you know I mean? like, some of the stuff. I even think that like when you watch it again, there's even more... like obvious giveaways and you're like how the hell did i not know this like some of the stuff so it goes back a year later and he's like around his wife who obviously never talks to him yeah and you're just like, like sitting at the table you're like and she's not sitting, looking at yeah. him and then she does drop so she's sitting there he's like late to dinner and he's she's obviously there by herself because that's where he proposed to her and she says something like happy anniversary and like walks off but like 
that was done just to sort of swerve the audience because she's just saying it like you know to herself. But you think yeah. you're like, oh well, I guess she's talking to him, but like obviously she's mad at him. But you're like, you and don't then, really know. And when he first meets the kid, there's a scene where he's just sitting at a table with Tony Collette, and they're not saying anything. Yes. Oh yeah, they're like, just sitting just, there. They're like, yeah. And then and then uh, Cole comes back and sees him, and is just like, oh man, like not again, not another dead person. Like my God. Right. But it's it is it's really well done. But you got to think about it. He is shot ten minutes into the movie. Donnie Wahlberg, who is playing uh, unrecognizable, uh, unrecognizable Donnie Wahlberg in the bathroom in his underwear, pulls a gun out. It's the haircut. It's like the worst haircut ever. Is what really yeah. se- separates him. Pulls a gun out, shoots him. So we're we're so used to as a as like an audience, if somebody gets shot in like not through the head, and he gets shot in like the stomach, and then they cut forward, like you just oh he must have made it. You know what I mean? Yep. Like that's just what you're assuming. But he did get shot and killed in the first ten minutes, so maybe we shouldn't have been as surprised that he was that we found out later he was dead. And there was a line where Haley Joel Osment says, like, he asked him about like when you see these dead people, like what are they like? And he's like, Well, some most are nice and he said, But some don't know they're dead. Yeah, oh that's another good line. Yep, that's another yeah. good tell. Uh just really I, I, I like this movie. It's maybe it's maybe his best. I know most people would argue that it is his best. A couple of the other things I would think about with this is for his career, I wonder what would have happened had this been like in the middle of the movies that he made. Or yeah, like, like would, this, he, yeah. would he even have been allowed to make other movies you know, if he didn't make this one? Well, you, th- that goes back to the argument of like one-hit wonders. Like, would you, If you yeah. could be a one-hit wonder, would you be? And my answer is always absolutely I would. Oh, compared to a no hit wonder? Yeah, yeah, hell yeah. Exactly. Hell, hell yeah. yeah. If I could make $10 million and have made Ice Ice Baby, fuck yeah. Sure. Yeah, absolutely I would do it. Yeah, I got to live with that. If I, I could be Rico Suave. No problem. No doubt. Yeah. Chumbawamba, let's go. Absolutely. Let's start it up. If you could see dead people, would, would you kill yourself? I mean, like, how no, awful no, no. would that be? Well, I, I would, I fashion, I love those types of. Stories and books and all that stuff with like the connection to like the other world. Yeah, like I love Hellblazer. I love Constantine. I love Sandman Slim novels, like stuff like that. Like I love that stuff. But it's like I would like... be horrified. But I would try to like. But when you're nine, know, like... like when you're nine years old, and like they're just coming to you, asking you stuff, and like messing yeah. around, pulling drawers out, your mom's looking at you weird, and just like nonstop bothering you. Yeah, that'd like, be that tough. Would, that man. would be a little much. I, it, if it happened to me now. Yeah, maybe you could sort of deal with it. I would kind of handle it. But, like, at nine, no no, no way. If it happened to you now, you could kind of, you know, turn it into, like, a business. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know. Or I'd just straight up, I'd ghost whisper their ass and just cross them over, you know. (laughs) You would release their, you let their soul be at peace. Yeah, I'd be like, you got to, do you see the light? Like, no, you don't see the light? Well, then you obviously need to do something and, you know, make amends and then go, go cross over. Well, if if you looked like the ghost whisperer, this would be a very different conversation. The tone uh, of this yeah. conversation would be a little bit different. That's a good point. Like, hey, yeah, hey, you want a podcast? Hey. With me? Yes, I do. So that's the Sixth <laughs> Sense. That is a the nice film. Uh, Two thousand, he comes back with Unbreakable, sixty nine percent nice on nice. Rotten Tomatoes, but that seems super low. That's super low. Sixty nine percent, seventy seven yeah. by the audience. Well, you got to imagine too that like uh, no superhero movies at this point. Uh, Superhero no, movies were not a big deal. I Blade think Spider-Man out. came out in 2001. Yeah, Blade was out, right? Wasn't that late 90s? Blade, yeah. But like, what you had, to, you had to go on. Like, There were no superhero properties, real ones, at this time. I'm Not to discount Blade, because Blade was awesome, right? Was uh, X-Men this year? 
was X Men two thousand or two thousand one? It was right around there. I think it was like ninety nine. Yeah, 98. it was right right around there. But you're right. It was it well, was. There's no established world right. for like these superhero movies. So this was a, if this movie came out now, I think it would have been better received. Yeah, probably. I don't know what people. I don't know. I thought it was really, really good. Like I, I loved it. I like, loved people, it. Like I said, there was at the market at the time. Like there was no people weren't like used to seeing superheroes on the screen, really. And Bruce Willis was great in this too. Like he was, you know, he obviously he's still known for for Die Hard and action movies. But between Unbreakable and Sixth Sense, these are two of his best his best movies. Certainly two of M Night Shyamalan's best movies. Uh, Mr. Glass, who we're going to learn a lot more about coming up in the movie Glass played by Samuel L. Jackson, is really good. Like, the feats of strength that he's doing, and just, like, as you're learning, and, like, you think Mr. Glass is kind of crazy, and then you're like, well, he still is crazy, but, like, he's kind of onto something here. Like, it's just, it's really well done. Like, it's, it's shot really well. And I know M. Night, they, like, make fun of him a lot for certain tropes that he has, like, in movies, or, like, you know, certain colors. Like, this whole movie, Unbreakable, it's, like, purple and and blue like the whole goddamn movie is but like that's what he does he he shoots shit in reflections like if you're into that like if you're a uh, like a a movie snob then you're probably the the good movies that he does you like like even more and then you got to be really disappointed by the shit movies that he does yeah i mean uh, i like this movie again i think it was a little ahead of its time yeah i agree but i um i love it and i and i think what must have happened like you're not going to come out with a sequel 19 years later if you weren't getting a lot of like positive feedback later on about it or right. like i don't know if it's cult status because it, it wasn't like completely buried early on but i think clearly they must be aware of like all right there's a there's a group of people that like this movie a lot so it makes sense for us to tie it into a universe and make a sequel oh my other question is do you think and i'm sure there's a couple of exceptions because of what they are now that we know that Unbreakable and Split are in the same universe, do you think all M. Night Shyamalan movies in some way are connected? I could be. I, it could be. But then again, we have like the Bruce Willis paradox. Like how many Bruce Willis will I are there? How many Bruce will I are there? That's and there's point. two Joaquin Phoenixes. So. There's a couple of Bryce Dallas Howards. There, he does work with a lot of the same actors and actresses. Plus, so as maybe? we'll get to, like the, hap- the Happening clearly can't oh be in God. the same universe as some of the other ones. <laughs> but just to just to put a bow on this, like the yeah. whole sixth sense thing. What an interesting idea of like he does with like um, with heroes and villains that they're the exact opposite. Yeah. Like when when uh, Samuel L. Jackson has the conversation with Bruce Willis, like towards the end of the movie, where he's like, "This is the reason. Like I was looking for you." Right. And he's and he's like this Lex Luthor like supervillain. You find out who's like caused all of these catastrophes. Looking, for, looking him. for him. It's crazy. Like that is such a good. That's a good Shyamalan twist. That's, and that's awesome. But to me, that that made the whole movie. It did. I agree with you. But that was another one where, like, the movie was good, and you were kind of waiting for something. And I think I wonder if Unbreakable. I don't know because people were just expecting the Sixth Sense again. You know, it's similar like yeah. when Jim Carrey made the Cable Guy, and they're like, "What?" And you're like, yeah. "Well, it was also really good. It's just not Ace Ventura." So, you know, you got to adjust accordingly, I guess. But I yeah, like I like Unbreakable. Uh, you know, I I would put this higher than even though I like that sixty nine number. Nice. I would uh, I would nice. put it a little bit higher. I would, I would put, put it in the 80s. I would because, certainly put it in the 80s. And the only problem I have with the Shyamalan movies, and this is like all all 10 of them, uh, 10 of the major ones, is that they're they're slow. There's a bit of a slow burn. They uh, Another criticism they have is there's not much joy in them. <laughs> oh, no. Very, very morose. There's some morose. Yeah, that's very yeah. true. So 2002, 
you get uh, everybody's favorite, Mel Gibson. Signs. Yeah, oh yeah. 70, his favorite. 74% on Rotten Tomatoes, 67 It's actually a lower audience score. A family living on a farm finds mysterious crop circles in their fields, which suggests something more frightening to come. You get uh, Macaulay Culkin's brother. You get uh, Abigail Breslin, Joaquin Phoenix. Uh, I like this movie. I know you don't. And we've talked about this on a podcast before. You kind of hate it. I kind of hate it. But the other thing, too, that that, – that I don't, the fact that this is higher rated by critics than Unbreakable is like no, it makes unforgivable. Sense. It's yeah, unforgivable. That doesn't make sense to me. Um, and this movie is the definition of okay, but one of the biggest plot holes ever. Like, and don't give me this shit. I, I've I've heard people say like, well, you know, the aliens and like, there's water everywhere on this planet. Seventy five percent. That's right. Seventy-five percent of the Earth is covered by water. The other, tw- the other quarter of the Earth is covered by mm, Andrew Jones or Ed Reed, Deion Sanders. Yeah, you can go ahead. <laughs> you go either way. Um, uh, high school, Rich Keith, depending on what high you want. School, Rich Keith. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, the fact that you know like, that's. But what if they're, they're looking breathing. for something very special? What if they really need something? So that's the argument that people make: is that like the. The, and someone says in the movie, they say, like, the, they're not here for our planet. They're here for us. Ooh, there you go. You don't like that? Well, I do. I, okay. th- I mean, that's kind of like that why helps. it's not – I don't hate this movie. I just don't really like it that much because I think it's silly. It, I mean, I wouldn't, like, rewatch the hell out of it, but I do like it. And I remember really liking it the first time I saw it, and I've seen it a few times since. The, the, the scene where the alien walks by on, like, the TV footage, that's a great, yeah. that's a great little scare. Like, that's good stuff. And, yeah. Now, they show you the alien a good amount, which – Again, you don't probably need to do. You maybe less is more, like we've seen in Jaws and other movies like that. But I think they do a pretty good job. It's a good. It's a good story. I like Aliens. It's certainly not a perfect movie, but it's pretty good. And so, like, if you're just looking at this guy, Six Sense, Unbreakable Signs, his first three movies, that's a pretty goddamn good pretty start. Good. Like, if we're gonna dismiss the other ones, like those three, that like the big three Hollywood movies, like this guy means business. He's on his way, and this is when. He started to get compared to like Spielberg and stuff. Yeah, I mean that's and and that didn't go very well. It did. Um, it didn't go great, Ryan. It but, didn't go you know, great. Like you said, I saw this movie. I I remember thinking like, eh, you know, like I didn't. It didn't blow me away uh, as the as the first th- as the first you know three two did. First well, two did. If you thought that one was, eh, you are gonna hate the next five. I know, six. But, but but I saw signs once and I'm good. I saw it once. That's all I need to see. It. Yeah, I recommend it. I would say check it out. It's it's good. You're looking for you know an alien type movie. Good good stuff. Uh, the next movie, very polarizing, I would say, is The Village. Came out in 2004. 43 percent critics, 57 audience. A series of events test the beliefs of a small isolated countryside village. Uh, Jesse Eisenberg is in this movie. I forgot. I was rewatching this I, recently. Yep. I forgot that he was in this. I know you're a big fan of his. Oh, yeah. Also, but, yeah, I was going to say Bryce Dallas Howard and Judy Greer play sisters in this. They also play sisters in a great film called Jurassic World. Yes, they do. Um, what, what I find is great about this, if you look at um, the critic score and the audience score and you average them, it comes out to 50%, which, as you know, this movie is 50-50. If you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. And this is where the split happens in my opinion, with Shyamalan's career. Like, this is where the split happens. Yeah, I agree completely, because I think those first three movies are anywhere from good to great. Like you said, yep. maybe science is just good, good to great. 
This one is like if you think if you're going to defend M Night Shyamalan, you probably like this one more. And if you want to say he stinks, then this is one that you would hate. Roger Ebert, it, yeah. is one of those guys that thinks this is not a very good film. Uh, again, pick of the pod, Roger Ebert, but he uh, had this to say about it. Uh, the Village is a colossal miscalculation, a movie based on a premise that cannot support it, a premise so transparent it would be laughable were the movie not so deadly solemn. To call the ending an anticlimax would be an insult not only to climaxes, but to prefixes. It's a crummy secret about one step up the ladder of narrative or originating originality from It Was All a Dream. It's so witless, in fact... That when we do discover the secret, we want to rewind the film so we don't know the secret anymore. <laughs> an asshole. And this was, yeah, he he was a notorious prick. Yeah. But like the the issue I had with this movie, and I said this when we we were talking about it on stream. Like I figured this out within the first like half hour. Did you really? And like I didn't. I remember uh, full disclosure. The very first time I saw this, I think I was in the theater. I liked it. I had no problem with it. I thought it was. I thought it was interesting. I thought it was entertaining. I actually enjoyed the M. Night twist, I'll be honest. I, at the time, I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Now, if you go back and think about you know, how plausible all of this is, it's maybe not super plausible. But so when did you figure out that that was – how did you know? This is – I didn't know, but I had a – okay. And this is why – this is going to sound so stupid, and you're going to be like, come on. But, like, seriously. No, I, I got okay? you. Yeah. The whole purpose of the movie is, like, you're supposed to believe that this is, like, some colonial village, right? Yeah. How did they fix Joaquin Phoenix's cleft palate? Mm. If if you know he's the guy, you wouldn't cast him in that. You know, if because you they didn't couldn't fix that. You can't fix a hair lip in colonial in the colonial Americas. Uh, that's you a know good what I mean? point. Yeah, but they could. They have, <laughs> yeah, like they don't have Advil, but they can do that. Exactly. Yeah. You know see, I, mean? I did not I, even like, think of that. I just would. I just. I guess I'd chalk that up to like, oh, they wanted the actor. Nothing to see which, here. Which could have been, but like I'm sitting there in the theater and I'm thinking, like, how the hell did they do that? Now they do have you know subtle I mean? hints in this too, like you know when one of the kid, like a kid dies. So at the, at the early on in the movie, like a seven year old kid dies, and yeah. clearly had they had the medicine to fix him, like they could have, like he wouldn't have died in the real world. But they were like, we gotta, we want, we're here for a reason, and so they're like, they make some comment about like. Are you sure? Like we should have should have settled here. And again, you can write that up to like, oh, they settled from Massachusetts and now they're in Pennsylvania, or like whatever. Like you don't you have no idea. But that whole yeah. idea, it, it talks about like their decision all to go there, and so that's sort of a giveaway. Not the time, but if you rewatch it, that's one of the things to look at. Um, see, I didn't mind. The, I like the idea of all right. All these people were in a group together because they all had just terrible shit happen to them, right. and the guy happens to be. Uh, like a billionaire, right? The the William Hurt's character is like a billionaire. Like the whole uh, wildlife preserve is like named after him. Because remember when when right. Ivy gets to the other side of the fence, it's called like Walker Security and all that shit. So yeah. I did I didn't hate it, but I this is one of those where I know most people hate it and I get it. Like I'm not gonna try. I'm not gonna convince you to like it if you don't. But I had no problem. I'm not popping it in every day to watch it, but no. I I think it's not bad. Um, it's it's bar- it's watchable, but barely. Yeah, um, and it's by no means his worst movie. Not even close. Uh, no, oh my God, no! It was at the time, like when if you're just looking at those yeah. four movies, even when I liked it, I go, all right, that was the worst at the time. Some people 
Now, I know you and me like Unbreakable a lot, but some people would say he's getting worse by the movie, from Sixth Sense to Unbreakable to Signs to The Village. And then, holy shit, does it get worse. It gets so much worse. So the next movie is Lady in the Water. Came out in 2006, 25% uh, and 49% critics. Apartment building superintendent Cleveland Heap rescues what he thinks is a young woman from the pool he maintains when he discovers that she is actually a character from a bedtime story who is trying to make the journey back to her home. He works with his tenants to protect his new friend from the creatures that are determined to keep her in our world. Uh, M. Night won the Razzie for Worst Director and Worst Supporting Actor. Uh, film and screenplays were nominated. <laughs> so, I mean, it's it's one of the worst movies that I'd ever seen up until that point, actually. And I think Paul Giamatti. So this is one of the ones, and this always gets um, this always gets overlooked. Where you think of like, what's the worst role? The worst next role someone who won an Oscar or was nominated for an oh, Oscar yeah, yeah. played. Oh, Paul Giamatti's God. Paul Giamatti's coming off of Sideways, I and believe. Th- and then he's in this piece of shit. And then he's in this. Like that's bad. And also, M. Night Shyamalan wrote himself, like, a pretty big role in this, and he's a writer who, like, his writings are going to save the world. Which is pretty, and and that's where it kind of, like, it really bothers me, is this is just, like, a complete, I don't know if you can say suck fest on the air for himself, but that's what that is. I don't want to work blue, but that's that's basically what it is. Let it loose. Yeah, I mean, it it really, this is... Like I said before, how he was getting, he was starting to get compared to like Spielberg. And then so he's like, all right, here we go. Like, here's a story I used to tell my kid, I'm going to make it into a movie. You want to see how much of a genius I am? Look at this. So I remember, um, I remember this was, so this came out in 06. So it must have been 06 when I remember I was uh, at like a blockbuster with a, with a lady and we were going to go, we were going to go pick out a couple of films. We're going to, we weren't planning on watching any of them, were you? (laughs) I remember those days. Oh, sure. Oh, sure. But we did. We watched the films. Don't worry about that. So we got two films and I'm trying to forget who picked what, but it was like, I think I picked Lady in the Water because somebody told me it was good. And then she picked, I want to say, See No Evil, the movie with Kane. Or maybe yeah. it was reversed. No, maybe no. See no evil. I think she picked for that some. That doesn't reason. make any sense. No, it doesn't, does it? But I think that's <laughs> how it was. Yeah, maybe my memory's off on this. But either way, uh, we watched. I think see no evil first, and I'm like, that is the worst movie of all time. Like that is just the biggest piece of trash. Like that movie sucks. She's like, all right, whatever. Like whatever. Let's put in Lady in the Water. And I'm like, I apologize. This movie's even worse. I <laughs> hate it. Like I hated it so much. It was just. Just the pits. Do not don't do not watch this if you haven't. It just it's a waste of time. It sucks. It takes itself very seriously, even with like these fantastical creatures. It's just I hate it. So But like grass wolves? Like wolves that live in grass the grass. Wolves. Yep, grass wolves. For sure. And Bryce Dallas Howard was terrible. She in was this really movie. bad. She was the creature. Like overacted everything. Awful. Like like she would have like this like little wispy voice and then she would just like scream. Oh my god! You know god. what I mean? Yeah, just, just the worst. Yeah, I don't get it. So that's when I was starting to think, all right, maybe M Night Shyamalan's not that great. And then he and time out, yeah. time out. So a mystical bedtime story fairy comes right. in through a pool drain. Mm, yeah, that's right. Like that's right. Come on, man. Fuck. <sighs> all right. See, now I'm trying to wonder. Maybe I had that story switched. Maybe she picked Lady in the Water. You, I mean, you seem like the type of person who would rent a WWE yeah. movie. I really I fucked up that whole story. I forget now it's, it's gonna right. bother me. Sorry, right. right. I've heard worse stories. Don't hey. worry. <laughs> no, that was pretty bad. 
I, in my head, it was a lot better than I thought. Uh, anyway, the next movie, he proves that maybe he's not a very good director at all and writer with The Happening, 2008, 18%, 24% by the critics. A science teacher, played by Mark Wahlberg, his wife, Zoe Deschanel, and a young girl struggle to survive a plague that causes those infected to commit suicide. He was nominated for Razzies for Worst Director and Worst Screenplay. This movie, it depends on how you look at it. If you watch yep. this as a movie, it is one of the worst of all time. If yes. you say it's an unintended comedy, it's like a Troll 2 type of movie, yep. then you can at least have some fun and laugh at it. Yeah, I, I like for me, like this is possibly like as you think of like movies like The Room or like Troll Two or whatever. Like there, there's like something about it that's like endearing. Like you're like oh like he, you know like when like a little kid like tries to do something yeah. like shits pants and you're like oh he tried. <laughs> he's giving you know what he's I mean? giving it his all. What a guy! Like they tried. I mean the actors are into it. You know they're trying. You know it's whatever. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But this one, it was like someone took this so seriously and someone was like this is like something you know what i mean and and it wasn't it it was was trees it was trees it it was and they say that in the first 10 minutes of the movie right out of the shoot they're like oh yeah it's trees and then it turns out it's trees the m night twist this time being there was no m night twist and they would just have scenes and scenes of just trees rustling so like that was what was scary in the movie was just bushes and trees also, that weird old lady that they stayed with. I was going to say, the fucking weird old lady? Like, what is that all about? And what is, like... She's like, Mark are you Wal- going to kill me? And Mark Wahlberg's like, what? No! <laughs> and then he starts singing... Could get a he starts singing... No, he starts singing, like, Blackwater, like, by the, the Doobie Brothers. It's really... Like, what? Is, oh, Blackwater. Keep, like, what the... What is this? Like, it's... The it's dialogue nonsense. is off the charts. The dialogue is so, so bad. And, like, Wahlberg, he has that way about him, too, where, like... I think uh, particularly in a bad movie, because he's, he's kind of an odd guy to figure out. Like in some movies, like in Boogie Nights, I'm like, oh, he's a good actor. Yeah. And then you see him in this, and you're like, is he the worst actor ever? Like, uh, he's a hard guy to peg. I think it's and the, I, I think it's the when, scripts. Remember when Andy Samberg did that thing? He did, like, did the Mark Wahlberg show, and he's like, yeah. just asking questions. Say, the how do you know the for me? Yeah. Like, hey, what's up, goat? Yeah, go. like that's based on this movie because all he does is like ask questions. Like someone who's yeah. supposed to be like a science guy and like science know teacher. the answer to these things. No, all he's doing the entire movie is asking questions, and he has the same look on his face the entire movie. Yeah, <laughs> it's really bad. It's it's one of the like when people ask me what's the worst movie you've ever seen, it's on the short list. It really. I, oh yeah, I bring it up for sure. I bring this up and, and another lady in the water. Ter- terrible performance by Zoe Deschanel. Not another terrible performance from her, but like. Just in a awful. Shyamalan movie, yeah, she's terrible. She's bad. The kid that like that's with them is bad. Even poor John Leguizamo, who's a good actor, the pest for God's sakes. Oh, the pest! He was in the pest. Not good. He was clown in the original Spawn movie. He, was. he almost he had to have like back surgery. I'm told. He's, he was because he was squatting down in that suit for like eight hours a day. He was doing the damn thing in that. Yeah, he wasn't great in this. Again, the trees though making people commit suicide. Awful, awful movie. So then like, what he's is, like, yeah. all right. Maybe those two weren't great. Let me take a show that people like, and I'm going to make it a movie, my own. I'm going to write it and completely change what people like about it. That would be The Last Airbender. came out in 2010. 6% on Rotten Tomatoes. 30% uh, by the audience. Worst director and worst screenplay. Razzie 
wins for the last Airbender. Oh, wins! Yeah, he finally got his award. Won both of those. Full disclosure: I've not seen this movie in its entirety. I started it a while ago, and it was just so bad. I was like, "What? what what's I have the point?" Seen it. I have seen it. Um, let me ask you this though: before we get any further, if you were nominated for a Razzie, and there was a good chance you were going to win it, yes, would, I would you show up to accept it? Yes, I would. I would too. Of course, I would. Like the because Rock, that, the Rock won a Razzie, like, and I think he he like even that, like had an acceptance speech. You gotta go. If you don't, then you gotta what, go. what kind of dickhead are you? I think Halle Berry went too. Yeah, probably. I mean, and that's another one. She she's won an Oscar. She's won a Razzie. Hey, you win some, you yeah. lose some. What are you gonna do? Like like you say all the time. Like you're getting paid millions of dollars to play pretend. You're playing pretend. Yeah. Like, come on. Don't take it so seriously. If you screw up, you're like, yeah, you know, it just didn't work. It's like you, if you, you own it. Yeah. You don't have like to give the money like, back. You know yeah. Yeah. I am losing my hair. I'm not that tall. Maybe I could lose a little weight. You know, then people can't make fun of you for it anymore. Yeah, like, God damn it. You know? Clarence's so parents like, got a real good marriage. Yeah. yeah. Who do I have to impress anymore? Just, just put it out there. Yeah, nobody. I am friends with Cheddar Bomb, who shot himself in the leg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, Last Airbender, piece of shit. They kind of whitewashed some of the characters, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that people oh, yeah. did not, not like great. that. And it's just not great. kid actors in it are awful, at least from as much as I saw of oh. it. Those kids had never worked again, I'm sure. I'm sure. Probably not. No, the one girl was in a few episodes of Bates Motel. I know that to be true. Oh, yeah. Who saw that? Uh, no one. I did. I did. I know I did. you did. did. <laughs> that one. Who's in here? No one. Uh, so then he takes that piece of shit. He follows that up three years later with a Will Smith vehicle called After Earth 2013-11. This meter goes to 11%. This a- movie is nonsense. Uh. Yeah, worst director and worst screenplay Razzie nominations. <laughs> it, it's like it's nonsense, and there's rumors that like he was on the set to help Will Smith, but Will Smith really directed it. But then like hmm. pulled his name off it, like didn't want to say he directed it. Interesting. So it's Will Smith, Jaden Smith, and it's stupid. Again, another movie that I saw some of. Like the dialogue makes no sense. It's all very sciency. Will Smith, yeah. even Will Smith is terrible in it, and it just Will Smith, one of the most charismatic people on the planet, plays like this, like deadpan, like absentee dad, whose nice. name is Cipher Rage. Yeah, it's not gonna cut it. That's not gonna cut me? it. Yeah, After Earth is a is a dump. So then, and I said this movie would be bad if it made any sense, but uh, not even. See, it doesn't least, even make any sense. I would say out of the last four that we looked at, the happening is the. Might be, might is well. They're all terrible. You can make an argument for any one of them being the worst, but the happening is probably the most rewatchable because it's just so ridiculous. Like if you just go oh, in yeah. knowing it's going to be dumb and just look at Mark Wahlberg and Zoe Deschanel and be like, "What are they doing?" Like that at least has something. Whereas After Earth, Last Airbender, and Lady in the Water are just awful, joyless. There's there's zero bit of entertainment in any of those three movies. And I would say, like you said, if you're going to have, like, get your friends together for a night, we should actually do this and have, like, a bad movie night. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The happening. And put on, like, you got, you know, you watch Troll 2 and you watch The Room and you watch Captain Ron. Yeah. And then you watch, like, The Happening. You know what I mean? Like, I'm in. You'll get a laugh. You get a, you get a little bit of a chuckle. Or the other ones, you wouldn't even get that. So No. I, After Earth is, like, the, is like a th- two-hour-long eye roll. Yeah, like, I, I agree. The whole time you're watching it. So and I, Jaden Smith can't act for shit. No, he can't. He is he is terrible. So by my count, you have three good to great movies. You have a polarizing movie, The Village, which is at best average, right? I mean, maybe slightly above average, depending on how much you like it. But it's it's fine. I'd call it fine. 
Then you have four straight dumps. Then in 2015, he comes back with the movie The Visit. 65%, so there's a big uptick there, 51% by the audience. Two siblings become increasingly frightened by their grandparents' disturbing behavior while visiting them on vacation. And he actually won the Razzie Redeemer Award for this yeah. as a guy who had, you know, had a bunch of shit movies and then they think bounced back. And I would say The Visit, I just saw this past weekend for the first time. Because I'm like, all right, we're doing this. i got to watch this. The only one I haven't seen any of it. So I watched the whole thing. Did not hate it. I would, le- no. I would say I did not hate it. It's a decent horror movie. It had some good scares. The It's a little like how plausible the whole idea of the plot is. So basically, yeah. you know, this mom who's played by, uh, she's in a ton of stuff. I don't know her name. Adam Scott's wife in Step Brothers, who bangs yes. John C. Riley. She's great. Yeah. Uh, Catherine. Something or other. Han. Han. Yeah. So I love her. So she's yeah. in this. And so she had a falling out with her parents. Because she was with an older guy, she leaves and then ends up with uh, with two kids. But the grandparents have never met the two kids ever because they had such a falling out. And then after all this time, the kids are now like the girl might be fifteen, would you say? And the boy's like eleven Ish. or twelve, yeah, somewhere. He's she, he's younger, so it's a boy and a girl, and whatever they're gonna go visit their grandparents for the first time ever. But she doesn't see him, so she just drops him off at the goddamn train station, doesn't even make sure they get there. But I guess they're old enough, the daughter's old enough to maybe pull this off. The grandparents are going to meet them there. They're going to check in when they get there. So the – should we just spoil this one, I guess? Oh, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guess. So so skip ahead several minutes if you don't want to hear the visit spoiler. So long story short – the it's not her grandparents that pick up the kids and they're living with these two crazy. So as you're going through, you're like, man, like her parents are crazy, but like they don't really talk to each other very much. They're nuts. Like up in the middle of the night, like banging on the walls, like just like naked, like just like banana stuff. They have like a room. The guy's like always shitting blood and like storing diapers in the outhouse. He's like crackers. Cra- it, the movie is cra- the the two are absolute crackers. And then yep. the M Night Twist. Is you're just like oh they're not oh there's that scene from the trailer where the grandmother is saying to the daughter like hey can you clean my oven and she's like uh sure she's like go ahead a little bit further back a little yep. bit further back no go ahead get all the way in there and you're like what the fuck is this so yeah. they, they did that in Tales from the Dark Side the movie by the way uh, I'm sure they I'm sure there's some stealing there's also some stealing um, I think the village had some copyright shit people kind of went after them there was like another book that had a very similar idea. Yeah. But anyway, uh, so they Skype with the mom, the two kids do, but they never see the parents or the grandparents. Uh, people come over to visit the grandparents, but the grandparents are never there Like when those people come by. And then you find out that their grandparents are like, oh, they're always working at like a center, like a counseling center or whatever. And long story short, I've already, it's already been too long, but they're Skyping and they're like, oh, where are your grandparents? Like, oh, they're, like, they're outside and they're acting really weird. And she shows them up and she's like, you're staying with those people? Like, those aren't your grandparents. And then it's like, what the fuck? Like, and then, what? What? So those people were crazies and they heard about the grandkids coming and so they killed those the actual grandparents and they were stuffed in the basement. And they told them when they got there not to be in the basement. So my question yeah. to you, Ryan, is like, like the, the two Old people that we see are obviously insane, but yep. they're able they're able to like dial up kind of like a coherent scheme. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I did, yeah. So they obviously heard the information. They knew when to pick up the kids. They picked up the kids at the right time. They brought them home. They lived in the house. They they like tucked them into bed and like they you know they fed them and everything else. But then, yep. what was their what was really their end goal? Like I think the father at one point says something like she really wanted grandkids or something bullshit like but that. But they were like going to kill him and eat him. I, I don't know. I, I wasn't like, sure. I like what was that the end goal? Like they had opportunities to kill him and they didn't. I know, but so doesn't it seem like they're only crazy at night too? Like they're not yeah. crazy during well, the day. Well, and then they're like, "Oh, it's sundowners' disease or whatever," which is a yeah. thing. And like you know, you know, old people sometimes are are better with it during the day than they are at night. But yeah. anyway, like it was, it was a lot better than the last four movies that he did. But I I oh, have yeah. it probably on par with like the village. Like this is, he does good movies and shit movies. This one's probably dead in the middle. And this is what I what I liked about this movie and what worked is you've seen enough of these horror movies that are like these found footage horror movies. Oh yeah, good point. That's also like what this is. A, they yeah. like pick up a camera and they're like moving it around because the kids have a camera and they like to make little movies and whatever. But one of the things I really liked, they actually did that really well, as opposed to like other movies where, you know, like uh, like Cloverfield for for yeah, that's kind of makes example. you sick a little bit. Yeah, they did a good job because the girl was shooting a documentary and that made sense. Yep. Like I'm vi- I'm visiting my grandparents for the first time. And she even had another camera, and she told her brother, she's like, you're going to be, like, the second cameraman. So they did a good job. And she would, like, set it up in the room, or she would set it yep. up in the kitchen. So you never felt sick, but you also got that sort of view of it. So, yeah, you're right. That, not, they did a good job. not only that, what I did like about that, too, is that they – one of the things that I was going to say, like, Cloverfield, there's a score. Like, there's things you hear in the movie that you would never hear. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And the only time – there's no music. In no. this movie. The only time you hear music is when you hear them like listening to music. Right. So like that that kind of built the tension that way, which was a clever way to do it. But if you watch like any of these other movies, like there's noises that you wouldn't hear in like a found footage movie. There was so also that was actually the, done really well. There's also you the scene that's true. There's also the scene that you knew it was coming, but they finally one night they set up the camera in the family room. They wanted to see what the grandmother was doing. Yeah. And so she comes like in the middle of the night, comes crawling into the room, and you're just like waiting for it. And it was predictable; you knew it was going to happen. But she like pops up and just like screams into the camera, and I'm like, I yeah. knew it, and it still got me. I was like, it Well, still got me. well done. Yeah, yeah. There were some there were some good scares in there, so not bad, not bad. So then the, the last movie that he did, of course, is Split. Came out in 2016, and 76 percent critics, 78 percent audience. Three girls are kidnapped by a man with a Diagnosed 23 distinct personalities. They must try to escape before the apparent emergence of a frightful new 24th. And this is finally, I think M. Night might be back. He might be yeah. back. The visit was fine. Split was really good, was really enjoyable. Got a good actor to be his lead guy. Story was pretty cool. And then the big, there's t- two kind of twist endings here. I guess one would be that it's part of the Unbreakable universe. It's got its own thing going on. That that was amazing. And that's been given away now with the trailer and everything else. Uh, but then also, like a lot of these movies in M. Night's thing, where like somebody sort of claims a certain thing, and then people don't really believe them, and then you're like, oh, wait a minute, they, that really is true. Like, this guy can't yeah. turn into, like, a beast. Yeah, which is which is cool. And this was, I think, the downside to this movie is that you know James McAvoy is touted to have you know twenty three personalities. Yeah, and you he, see like five of them. Yeah, I was gonna say there's and there's a couple there's like overlap with a couple. He they were all yeah. good. Like he did he did a really good job. But I was like, give he me was a amazing. Few, give me a few more is what I would have wanted. Like he does crazy really well. And I think this is like it's a, kind of like a modern day uh, like Silence of the Lambs kind of thing. Yeah. 
or yeah. red. Remember, like red. It's like a combination of like Sounds of the Lambs and like Red Dragon. Red Dragon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Manhunter. So, yeah, yeah. So I mean, I like. I really like this movie. Um, I thought it was. Uh, it moved along. The pace was a little bit better than some of his other movies, where you know you're. Which is funny because on your toes. I think this was longer than some of his other movies, if I remember correctly. But it didn't feel, no, it didn't feel stupid. That. Like it didn't feel that. No, way. I know. You know, it didn't. Yeah. This uh, so, and, and McAvoy me, was awesome. And to me, like the fact that it was in a shared universe, like I know this is obvious because I, you know, who doesn't love shared universes? But like that made it even yeah. better. I'm like, oh, that was a really good movie. And then when you see Bruce Willis at the diner, I was like, oh, this movie's great. <laughs> like, yeah. it, it shouldn't have mattered as much as it did to me. But I'm like, I I love that. No, part was, of it. and I didn't. I purposely stayed away from it until I actually saw the movie. Like, I didn't want to. Yeah. Don't tell me what happened. Yeah. Like, don't like. I know I can kind of guess, but I didn't know who showed up and how they were going to do it. Oh, sick. Um, and he's like, he just kind of like looks up and he's like, Mr. Glass, he's like, what do they call that guy? And he's like at the bar. Oh, it's great. It was awesome. Oh man, that's good stuff. Yeah. So Split helps uh, M. Night Shyamalan a lot. If it wasn't for that, like if he came out with another dump, it might not even be worth Because remember for a while, it was like, ooh, M. Night Shyamalan presents. Like he directed an episode of Wayward Pines, which is a terrible yeah. show. Me and Woody did an episode on season one back in the early days of Dork. And it was like an intriguing show and it was whatever, but one of the drawing powers was M. Night Shyamalan. And he also. Yeah, and they would. He did that was something like the else. thing. They, oh, he was going to bring back Tales from the Crypt, but then that ended right. up dying that out. Right? Yeah. I love Tales from the Crypt. That's, they need to make that available on HBO Go and HBO Now. I'm That's saying that call. to HBO if you're listening. I know you're listening. Shout out HBO. Bring back fucking Tales from the Crypt. Please. Please. For God's sake. Come on. Do us one Oh, my solid. God. The Crypt Keeper used to scare the crap out of me. Yeah, I was not. It like, was, I would, it was a hard I, watch. You know, like. In the uh, the intro where they would go through the house and, and he would pop out of the coffin. Oh yeah, I would go like my parents had like a finished basement and I would go and like the like the other part of the basement. Yeah, and have my brother would I'd be like, "Tell me when it's over. Like, <laughs> yes. Tell me when it's over." Is he out? Is he telling the stories? I want to see it. Are they yeah. going to the story? Is he done? Is he, is he done monologuing <laughs> right now? And I was like, "Catch me up. Tell me what the story's about." Because usually, like, intro the story. I'm like, "Tell me what it's about." Yeah, everything about that worked. It was scary as shit. I'm with you. I was scared of everything when I was little, and that, that yeah. scared the shit out of me. And it was good, like. His look combined with his voice was as good as it got. Yeah. That's a scary motherfucker. Uh, I might be wrong. Hang on. I have to go- keep talking. You're going to give it a googs? All right. So that was, again, he's, he's written and directed 12 movies. We're going to rank the top 10 because I don't think anybody saw the first two. And obviously Glass is upcoming in 2019. Ryan, I'm going to rip through my top 10 quickly here. I'm going to go in the number one spot. I'm going to go with Unbreakable, followed by The okay. Sixth Sense. Then split, then signs. I kind of ping pong these two back and forth. I think right now, fifth will be the visit. The village will be sixth, but I could easily flip those. And then this was really difficult because all four of these are four of the worst movies ever made. I'm going to put The Happening number seven only because of what we said about how you could like actually rewatch it and laugh at it. Then I'm going to go Lady in the Water, then The Last Airbender, then After Earth. But that, those, okay. those could all be switched. Like, 7 through 10 are very interchangeable for worst. I'm with you, where I believe that um, Unbreakable, Unbreakable is, yeah. is my favorite of his movies. Okay. Um, then I'm going to go with The Sixth Sense. Yep. And then I'm going to go Wide Awake. I'm kidding. That's a joke. <laughs> that's a joke. I'm like, that's um, not even on my list. <laughs> I'm going to go, so... The Sixth Sense, then Split, yeah, then The Visit, okay, 
Um, you probably you're probably forced into putting signs. Sign. I was gonna say you're forced then into forced putting signs in the top five. Sign the village. Yeah. And then these, uh, I'm telling you, man, these four, it's it, they are incredibly it's, it's a bad. Shoot, but I would say dead last, obviously, is um, After Earth. Yeah, I get that one there too. Because Snakes. I was old enough when the last Airbender came out, where I didn't care about the last Airbender. I don't give a shit. I don't like, give I, like, I didn't see a hundred episodes of a cartoon. Like, I, don't I don't give care. a wild poop about it. I really don't. I don't give a shit. But the fact that, like, the balls on both Will Smith and M. Night Shyamalan to come out with After Earth, like, that movie can kiss ass. It does. It like, stinks. Yeah. And if you're looking to rewatch any of these after we talked about them, I know on Netflix, The Sixth Sense and The Village are both on Netflix. I think that's it right now, but, you know, his movies kind of go in and out of there for sure. And again, I would put The Happening last if it wasn't so funny. Yeah, exactly. The Happening, <laughs> I agree uh, completely. Like, that is. Yeah. Over time, you're like, okay, it's just now it's a comedy. We're we're moving genres. We're moving. It's a it's a B movie. It's just we're gonna put it over there. It happens to have a big name director, a lot of big name stars in it. That wasn't it wasn't intended to be this bad, but it is. So just enjoy it for for whatever it's worth. All right, do you have any other M Night Shyamalan news and notes thoughts? Uh, no, I don't have any news and notes right now. Now, real quick, when you think of M Night Shyamalan, do you think great director or no? Uh, no. Not not in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, not in the Hall of Fame, but some really intriguing movies. You know, like yeah, he had some good movies. Like like uh, I think Brady just, Anderson had some great years. Yeah, you're right. Like is Brady Anderson, Hall of Famer. Uh, Brady Anderson had one good year, and no, he's not a Hall of Famer. M Night yeah. Shyamalan's had more than one good movie, but he also he he himself wouldn't have a bust in the Hall of Fame, but there'd be like a plaque down the hall that said like references the M Night Twist. Yep. Like that's worth mentioning. Like he he at least has put a stamp on you know Hollywood movies over the last 20 years. Yeah, I mean like that's, people know like who said, he like, is. Like that's pretty good. He's got like, a, he's got a little blip. Like he's yeah. got like the Jimmy Dugan, like he's got like his own like from a league of their own, like he's got his own little freestanding thing, but he's not in the Hall of Fame. If you were a director, would you give yourself a role in all your movies like Alfred Hitchcock and him? Um I would be an extra. And yeah. I would make it like a thing where like people had to find like a Where's Waldo. Oh, like, like an Easter egg. Have to find me. I like that. Not like I would not speak ever. No, I wouldn't be like oh. Stan Lee where I'd have a line. See, I would star I would in be, all my movies. No, I would be like, <laughs> like if someone gets on a bus. Like I would yeah. be sitting on the bus somewhere. I'd be driving the fucking bus. <laughs> and you say you like tip your cap and go like, ma'am. <laughs> uh, hello. Interact with me, please. They're like, okay, yeah. all right, all right. That that. That'll These put- pretzels are making me thirsty. <laughs> These the pretzels bar, are making the bar, me thirsty. Pick, the pick of the podcast time now, Ryan. Would you like to kick, receive, defer, defend a goal? I will receive. I kind of stepped on the sounder there, so I figured I should go first. I, I'll, I'll just clean that up and post. Don't worry just about clean it. Clean that up and post. Yeah. Um, my pick of the podcast, I actually watched this movie. It's actually not bad. Um, it's not terrible. Uh, there's a movie on Netflix. It never. I don't think it ever got released in the theaters. called Message from the King. Oh, I never um, heard of it. It stars Chadwick Boseman, the Black the Black Panther. There he is. And he plays a mysterious outsider from South Africa named Jacob King, arrives in Los Angeles to avenge the, uh, his young sister's death. Ooh. Actually a pretty good movie. All right. It's watchable. It's not bad. I, it, I, I, I like Chadwick Boseman. If you like him, check that movie out. It's actually pretty good. Nice. My pick of the pod is just uh, recently, so I don't know if it's on the front page right now or you can scroll through pretty quickly, but... The Ringer website, Bill Simmons' website, The Ringer, just did an article there. Their whole staff got together. They came up with the 100 best TV episodes of the century. 
and they're only allowed one episode per show. So it wasn't oh, wow. like, you know, it wasn't like 20 Breaking Bad episodes. It was only one. Yeah. So it was one of all these shows. But what they also did was it's not just comedies and dramas. They also did uh, talk shows, reality shows, game shows, like everything from the last century. So it was a pretty cool list. I think they got most of our favorites. I don't you know, obviously agree with the order, but you know that's the point of doing those lists, just to get people fired yeah. up. But well, pretty, doing 100 cool. anything is tough. 100 is banana. Like, you and me... It'd be almost it'd be impossible. Like if we had a few more people doing no. it, we could probably do it. But but not only that, how do you pick the best episode of The Simpsons? Uh, no, I mean, I critically, you're going to say, well, Monorail. Like Monorail is the best episode of The Simpsons. Like, yeah, but the best the best episode of The Simpsons didn't come out this century. <laughs> no, it didn't. <laughs> so do you want to want me to tell you, or do you want to guess what best uh, episode of Breaking Bad they picked? Uh, can I? Uh, if it better not be Fly. No, it wasn't. It was the one, the other one directed by uh, Ryan Johnson. Face Off. No, Ozymandias. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, it was a good episode. Is that the, that's the penultimate one, isn't it? Isn't that the one right before the finale? Uh, that sounds right. It's like two or th- it's two or three. It's like the it's last. In the, it's in that fifth season, I believe. Yeah, it's in the fifth yeah, season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had a and good. That, oh my god! They that last it. season of Breaking Bad could that be the best last season of a show ever? Yeah, because The Wire definitely the be- the last season was the worst. So same with Dexter. Yeah. Same with the. Did we lose Ryan? We lost Ryan. That never happens. Ryan's out. What are you gonna do? All right, that's gonna do it. We we, we were right in the middle of something great there, but uh, that'll do it. Uh, you can check out Davey on Twitch, Twitch.tv/rvond. Uh, he's at rvond on Twitter and everywhere else as well. You can rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes. You can check us out on Twitter at Dork Podcast, YouTube.com slash Dork Podcast. Email us, dorkpodcast at gmail.com. Hit us up all the way there. And uh, next week, TBD, I believe. We've been working on a few uh, ideas for the rest of the summer. So uh, continue to tweet us and email us and rate, review, and all that other nonsense. So thanks for listening to this. Also, let us know what is your favorite M. Night Shyamalan movie? What is your least favorite M. Night Shyamalan movie, and are there any other directors out there that you think we should go through the list of movies that they directed? That'll do it. We'll talk to you later. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.